Right. Hello, folks. Welcome to the Maximum Effort Fitness Podcast. Thank you very much for joining me. I am your host, Jordan Fleming, and I have one of my colleagues from Pure Gym Charing Cross, Bonnie Bruce, Peak to Peak Fitness, here with me. Uh, I brought Bonnie on and I'm bringing on a host of my colleagues to discuss different types of training to help educate you all a little bit more on how you can change things up, perhaps introduce you to some concepts that you've maybe never thought about before. And especially with Bonnie, we'll be talking about the mindset and kind of psychology behind how she helps her clients. Bonnie, hello. Hey, did I miss Did I miss anything there? Was that okay? Uh, no, it's fun. You know, it's awful. <laughs> Bonnie, will you just tell us a wee bit about, so obviously I know about your background before fitness, how you got into it. Will you just give us a brief intro into how you found training and then kind of what led you to become a PT? Sure. So Apart from having abs. Uh, <laughs> For those of you that don't know and aren't watching this on um, YouTube, Bonnie has abs um, 12 months out of the year just because she's genetically gifted. I just work really hard, Jordan. <laughs> so it's 90% no, genetic. Um, so I kind of came at it from, I don't know if it's a kind of normal route from PT. I was absolutely not the sporty one at school. I did dance classes I did hip hop I don't know if you know that Jordan um but was I never um, oh yeah I did that was my that was my jam um but that was literally it I would occasionally go for a run really struggle I was just not fit was not sporty at all I was definitely like the music the music and drama kid you know um and then Same. came to uni and I remember my brother's friend saying to me before I left he was like Bonnie you'll never have as much time in your life to get as you do at uni he's like so make the most of it like just go for it he's like it's my biggest regret that I didn't get into fitness when I was at uni and for some reason that just stuck with me and then came to uni um kind of did the usual thing of like cardio classes like fitness classes tried to get into running and that was all fine and I kind of got into that but then sort of felt like there was a too much of a difference between my like mental health and like strength and my physical strength like I felt like quite a strong person on the inside but could not for the life of me do a push-up or didn't know how to squat and all these things so I think I kind of with the with Instagram becoming quite big at that time as well I was just surrounded by all these women who I thought were really strong and powerful and cool and I was like yeah I could be one of those um is that kind of like your Hannah Obergs of the time is that when they were kind of coming up because I never I never know if it's them or if it's more the Jen Settler types because I remember when I was younger that was the kind of people the Matt August and things like that like all these YouTubers came up and I never like I never done any other workouts because I was like you just look like assholes (laughs) (laughs) yeah very much and I don't think to be honest there wasn't like there was one like pin-up girl for me that I was like I want to be her I think it was definitely more internal and I kind of saw these other women doing this thing and I was like well why can't I be like that as well um so kind of took I guess my like mental strength and used that to get physically strong um and I was terrified at the start it honestly took me so long like I would stand outside the weights room at the uni gym and just look in and just see all these guys and be terrified and it took me months until one day I just like burst through the door got it done um made so many mistakes I think my first probably like year of training I had no clue what I was doing again like following Instagram workouts doing all the kind of insta ho stuff you know um and then yeah just kind of learned as I went and just ended up getting really into it and loving it and uh did not see it coming at all and I think because of my journey um 
and the kind of mistakes I made with my training and the fear that I felt when I first started. I just was like, I don't really want anyone else to have to go through that. So I was like, if I can become PT, you know, not only am I continuing, you know, doing like continuing in an industry, which I'm quite passionate about, but I can help people who were similar to me or had the same kind of problems as me and um, help them avoid the kind of struggles I went through on their own. So that was how I ended up doing it, basically. Do you think that your, your results in your, you know, your physique, your strength, your confidence, do you think that all comes from your kind of base of mental strength? Because you just mentioned about kind of having that fear about going in. And I think I, for me, you know, I am mostly coach females as well. Uh, and I think the reason I relate to them is because uh, I will never be the most muscular or strongest in the room. You know, like my, I'm sitting at 82 kilograms. And then 10 years ago when I was 16, I was 60 kilograms. So I very much went through a similar thing that I was never naturally gifted athletically. I was even more, I think, somewhat more set back by the fact that I was very skinny. Um, and I think that I resonate a lot with how people come into the gym, especially females with that lack of confidence. Yeah. And I definitely think that it only, only started to, I only started to progress once I could have that mental confidence not yeah. to care which I definitely try to coach with a lot of clients. I think you do too. I think that's definitely a big thing for you is more the focus on overcoming the mental barriers is more important than actually what you, what you do in the gym at the beginning. It's like, right, how do you focus on overcoming the mental part of it to become more consistent? Yeah. I think you do really well. Um, thank you, Jordan. Thank you. Can you uh, talk to me about that? Just, um, just, what would be nice for the listeners and for me as well, so I could steal um, better coaches and eyes uh, methods. This is actually <laughs> what this is for. It's just for me to steal methods from people. And so yeah. if you could just create a PDF with everything you do with clients, that'd be great. <laughs> but what do you, what do you do? Can you go through like maybe a, a, a typical client journey for you kind of from beginning of coaching to then where you're maybe ready to see them move forward in another a form of coaching whether that's online or it's group or if it's um, hybrid coaching sure um so i'll kind of use one person as an example um i think i've had a really quite a wide range of clients but i think looking at the kind of most uh successful journeys i guess um have been people who've come and they've been very much like that in that same position i found myself in when i first started so you know i've never been in the gym i've never touched a weight um aren't necessarily really really unfit or really overweight or have that kind of problem they just don't know where to begin and what to do which was very much the position that i was in when i first started so um yeah the first thing for sure is getting them comfortable in the gym environment and i've had that with quite a few clients of you know you take them into the gym and straight away they're, they're freaking out so you know finding a kind of safe safe place for them um where they don't feel like they're so exposed and kind of so vulnerable which is quite hard in a gym um so the first obviously like the it's really important to you know if someone's never been in the gym before can they do the really basic movements and is there anything that is going to be problematic for them because of any past injuries or um restrictions that they might have physically um and that's really important but like you said like the mental stuff i think is always equally as important and what you can give your client outside of that 
face-to-face -face time in the gym where you're working out, I think is probably more valuable than uh, within that one than that one session or two sessions, yeah. however you see them. And I think I'm seeing that now more than ever that, you know, my one-to-one -one session with, with my clients um, is great and we work really hard, but it's all the stuff that you give them outside of that and support and the checking in and, you know, how are you feeling after that workout and, you know, how's work going and, yeah. and just yeah. checking in on all of that stuff. Agreed. Um, the, the things I found best for clients is, is the sessions are great and, you know, I, I love sessions, you know me, I'm very technical. I love, I love getting my clients to a position where they can tell me what they're doing in the movement um, even from a basic uh, biomechanics point of view where they're just like I know I need to keep my shoulder down because if not that takes pressure off the, the chest muscle um, but for me I think for the type of people that I coach it's definitely making them reflect on making them reflect on their mental health and their, how, how their, their self-image and their psychology affects them more yeah. than the training because the training will come with time but it only yeah. comes as a result of you really understanding why you're why you're in front of this coach or why you're in this class and i think a lot of people definitely struggle with that and they do that thing of okay when i go into the gym right pull up the class list fat burn spin burn calories they just see burn calories burn calories burn cal calories tone and they just fling themselves at it and you know some people are very lucky that they will see results from that to begin with and then that kind of keeps them going but a lot of people it's almost like flinging shit at the wall and seeing what sticks and oftentimes with 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 that which is not a personal approach and which is not focusing on their mental health it just doesn't do much for people which is not a slight on classes at all like i am um, when i when i took classes at the gym i really i really enjoyed them and i tried to give them my own personal spin but i definitely think that there's there's a disconnect between what gyms are serving their 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 clientele with and what they actually need and that's hard to that's that's a hard barrier to cross for a commercial gym which is why you have pts obviously i think um i've had that with a few clients who've come from classes you know like i picked them up when i was doing classes and it's that thing of trying to get across to them that you don't need to do as much as you're doing and you don't need to be as exhausted as you are and we could make so much better progress if you just stop going to spend five times a week like that's not and i think it's really hard because there's so much information on social media and it's always always out of context and also one thing that people forget i think is that so much of the research and the kind of the content on social media it, yeah it's based on research which has probably been done on athletes or on you know really really high performing people so it's not relevant really for like just your average gym goer um and then a lot of that i think just gets muddled up and then you know they read an article that they're supposed to be eating you know six small meals a day because that's better for this or you know they're supposed to be you know all this like technical stuff about their training and i'm like that's fine it doesn't apply to you and it doesn't need to be this complicated um people get stuck in people get like stuck in the minutia that's one thing and i always see personal trainers do it and it's the reason why I don't I don't do I don't quote studies that much unless I you know I know them inside out because I don't so I didn't go to university so I don't have any um, background in reading and analyzing papers like it's taking like through the course I'm doing just now we're studying nutrition like that's the hardest part for me is is trying to analyze a paper and understand and because you need to look at like so the things you need to look at is like the p-value um, how they like 
n equals one i just found out it basically means like it's individual like so some people watch for some people but doesn't so if there's a small grouping if they've tested 10 people and found that in these 10 people it ha so for example there's a study going around that a lot of people are using to def to use low carb as a as a as a way to fight covid19 and it's from a ward it's from a ward where they were testing diabetes and they noticed that people with diabetes if they ate carbohydrates they were more likely to get the flu and then people have extrapolated that and said well that's clearly carbohydrate refined sugars are causing um are causing covid19 it'd be worse than people to die of it and it's like that's not how it works it's the same with people take studies on rats and say oh well they've done this rat study and you know they saw this so that means that you should do this and it's like well when you're looking at data and when you're looking at articles and when you're looking at even Instagram posts, you know, like people have kind of asked me about my Instagram posts. And I'm like, well, this is, this is the general advice. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do a diet, this particular diet. I'm just saying that perhaps it's not worth this person. That's the, that's the hard part with being looked at as an authority, I guess, is that you always have to say this is context dependent, but here's some, here's some decent rules, you know, minimize snacking you know if you can avoid eating processed foods that's probably going to be better for you it doesn't mean you can't eat them more protein's probably better but it doesn't mean that you know you have to be having like the equivalent of six steaks a day and it's really and it's really difficult and i guess that's why you have the trainer there to parse all that information out and just say well for your specific situation that's what you need and i think a lot of people sorry go a bit no, I was just going to say when you said there about having like the authority figure, um, that's been sometimes a bit of like, I guess, I don't know if you've had the same problem sometimes as clients is that, um, especially when you have someone new and they come to you and they don't fully maybe trust you or they don't really like you're trying to get this stuff across them and you're trying to say, you know, you don't need to do the spin classes and you can eat carbs and you can do this and you can do that. And if they're not 100% bought into you and trust you, they still kind of doubt about it and all of the clients that I've had who have been the most successful in terms of reaching their goals and making the most progress have been the ones who right from the start have been like I trust you um and that's not in the way of you know because I think some people can be kind of blind and, and you know they, everything their coach says is you know that's gospel yeah it's gospel yeah exactly and Bonnie, and Bonnie said you know tempo squats are the best and it's like ah, i didn't say that i just said that in this context it's like yeah exactly so there's a you know that you should, you should always like i think as a client you should always have a relationship with your coach where you feel comfortable enough to be like why are we doing this or you know like remind me why this or and asking questions and if your coach can't give you an answer then i think there's a problem there um but uh i do think like you have to trust your pt and you just have to trust the process because I think sometimes you have people who are still too hung up on what they've read in magazines and what they've seen on Instagram and you're trying to tell them what they need to do and what you think is best for them but they're still just too hung up on that so they kind of end up half like half arsing what you tell them to do and still <laughs> dabbling in I in the that. stuff that they want to do and it's trying to find that balance and trying to keep everyone happy um do you know, have you ever had that before? I, that's why I'm laughing. I have a great client story about this. So um, <clears throat> I have an old client who, so I worked in another gym before working for Pure Gym and I got this client here. He approached me 
from seeing me on the PT board, emailed me, we went and we had a consultation. And I just laugh at the thought of my consultation then because back then, uh, so for people that don't know, my consultations never take place in the gym. I hate having consultations in the gym. I would I say, can we go get coffee at like the local like shop, like Starbucks, Tinderbox, whatever, because mm-hmm. I find it so much more conducive to like a, an actual chat. Whereas, and if, if you've never been in one, the consultation rooms in gyms, nine times out of 10 are like a doctor's office. They're okay. these blinding, blindingly white walls, this horrible lighting. And then you're expected to um, talk about your deepest, darkest secrets of what really like, what triggers you emotionally. And I just hate it. But we were working together and we saw some results. He was very busy person. He worked um, in a hospital uh, and we were working together. Right, here's calories. And, we, and I said, you know, if you can eat a little bit less, that's your choice, but just make sure you kind of hit your protein and you've got energy for your job. And he was mm-hmm. like, right, okay, cool, no bother. And we saw some results to begin with. And then we would kind of check in with his food diary and I'd say, right, okay, well, kind of overeating here. Do you want to just talk to me a wee bit about that? He was like, well, I just wanted this. And I was like, right, okay, well, you know, that doesn't really fit in with your goals. And then he would always ask things like, what about carbohydrate cycling i bought and it, it, it consistently he's he must have spent a couple hundred pounds on um on 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 the different diet plans and meal plans and i was like if you if you want to try this method we can do this together you know we and there obviously i'd never prescribe a meal plan but if he wants to carb cycle we can do that you know low carb days high carb days but he just bought these plans and i and i, I think these people will never be able to get the result until they understand deeply what they actually want and then how much they're willing to go through. And that's always what I say to a client because I notice when people have an initial weight loss, um, they're really happy about it. And then they start to struggle to adhere to their diet and they're like, man, why am I so struggling so much? I'm so mad. I want to be this. And then you just say to them, do you actually want this? Are you like, it, it would be nice for you to have, you know, really lean abs. That would be great do you really want to go through another 16 weeks of kind of lower calorie and having to manipulate your calories and having to pick social events and and is it really worth it and then you know they, they, they sit down and they go oh actually it's not and then suddenly they don't feel guilty and then they're like oh actually I quite fancy I quite fancy learning how to get stronger now now that I've kind of I feel more confident in myself and then you end up I had a conversation with somebody a couple weeks ago who they were like you know I thought I wanted to get leaner than this but I'm actually really really happy with myself and I want to focus on other things and I was like that's perfect you don't yeah. need to I think a lot of people think that they they have this idea of the ideal body that maybe social media uh, or magazines put out there male and female and they think that they have to kind of aspire to that it's like it's just not that fun being lean unless you're somebody that's unless you're somebody that's naturally you know always oh has doesn't hold body fat in their belly all my body fat is in my belly so even when i am lean and i've got like you can see the kind of bone shapes in my arms and stuff like that it's i've just never i just don't have like a six pack and i'm just like i don't really care it's not no. and i'm more about i'm more about if you if people want that that's fine and i don't mind coaching them through that but i'm just i've been i've been lean in it it's yeah shit. You don't, yeah, absolutely. You, like don't want the, to, you can't eat, you don't want to have sex, you're tired all the time, it's pish. The, like the best quote unquote I've ever looked, like I wasn't any happier then, I didn't feel, I wasn't a better person, I wasn't kinder, I wasn't more, I wasn't like more intelligent, I wasn't happier or funnier, nothing about me changed other than I looked a little bit different and it wasn't 
like it wasn't anything special and I'm a lot happier now you know being able to eat what I want now and then and, and you know you know if I need to skip a day of training because I'd rather do something else like that's fine so you know having a life is worth a lot more than you know having the abs or having whatever it is that you're after I think have and I think I think the body that people are looking for as well is like this is 10 years down the line like the the body that they want you know to rest at where they've got like kind of defined muscles and you can see that they train mm. um you're just like that's not like unless you're really unless you're a genetic freak that's a 10-year investment to have that kind of physique and it's like do you want that like don't do that if yeah. you don't enjoy it yeah because i think people aren't happy with themselves so they look in the mirror and it's like you know let me find something that I can blame. So like, okay, I don't like my tummy, so that's why I'm really unhappy. It's probably not why you're unhappy with yourself. It's probably much more deep rooted, like you said. Yes. Um, there's probably something a lot more going on there um, than just something is on, on the surface level of like, mm, I don't like my shoulders, you know? Um, and I think it's hard because it, like I had, I'm a massive kind of like push people to, you know, love themselves and accept themselves. That doesn't mean that you're not allowed to want to change things about your body. You know, like I, I love my body. I think it's bad. Do I sometimes, you know, look at it and think mm, like this could be different or this could be, um, I could make, you know, I could get a bit stronger here or get a bit leaner there. Of course I do, but it doesn't, it doesn't mean that I don't appreciate and respect my body any less, you know, because you want yeah. to change. I think for a lot of people, and I'd say this to clients that whenever you try to make a change, whether it's to gain muscle or to drop um, body fat, it should always come from a place of self-love and it should never be, it should, it should be, I am changing this because it will positively impact me in this way. I'm not yeah. trying to make this change because I'm unhappy with this and you can be unhappy with it, but there's, you don't have to like, like, I'm not saying that if somebody said to me, Hey Jordan, you know, you could have abs and just keep the rest of your like muscle mass. Do you want to? I'd be like, yeah, of course. Cause that would be cool. But yeah. it's more about, doing it for self-love and and you can be unhappy with something but if you're going to change it it's it's from a development standpoint as opposed to a punishment which i think a lot of people do and it's really sad to see that some people are saying well you know i i binged over the weekend there so i made sure i went to a class and then i done a home workout and then i went a run and i'm just like that's exhausting like Honestly, I like, I don't, I, I think I will never hate myself enough to make myself train three times in one day. <laughs> um, I'd like to talk a wee bit more about that as well, because I think what you do with a lot with your clients, you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that you do definitely try to approach their psychology and how they, how they view themselves a lot through their training and more. Um, if anybody ever sees me training gym clients on the f uh, on the floor for people that are a bit more advanced, I always have a plan for them and I always have a a structure for them to go forward with for ninety percent of the time. But I feel that you're more, and if that has to change, that has to change. But for the most part, the people I coach are kind of like, I want to come in, I want to train, I want to do this. But I feel mm -hmm. for you, a lot of your clients, a lot of the time is spent as well. You come in, you kind of maybe gauge their emotional um 100%. level and then you're like hmm do you want to do this or let's do this you don't even give them the option you know i'm a bit more i i put, always put it on my clients when they're training but i'm like look if you don't feel like up to doing this then we won't do it but if you feel like you can push through it yeah cool whereas yeah. i feel like you take charge a little bit more and you maybe tell your clients sometimes maybe in the beginning let's 
yeah. tell me tell me a bit more about that i think it depends george and i think it depends a lot on definitely depends a lot on how long you've been with the client and how well you know them because sometimes i don't necessarily always think that the coach knows best um i but very I think rarely know best to, yeah of course but i think you can get to a point where you know your client well enough that you're like you're too tired for this today like we're not going to do this or you can or you know them well enough that I'm like, you're not tired. You're just being like, you're just being. You're having a moment. Yeah, get over it. Come on, let's go. And I've had that so many times with my clients, and it's been interesting actually with the Zoom calls because I think I've been joking about them about about this with them because there's been a few times where I've been, you know, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this, and it's they're like, but that's like that's not fair and that's really hard. Um, and I've been like, you never kick up this much of a fuss in the gym. Also. It's because you're home and you're more comfortable and you think you can, you know, back chat me over a screen. <laughs> um, and so there's times like that when I'm like, pull yourself together. You're fine. You can do this. You've done way harder things before. Just get over it and get it done. Um, so you, you said this the other day. Sorry to interrupt. You said this the other day. Yeah. And I, I definitely agree with it. And I say it all the time. It's like sometimes self-love is you know giving yourself a day off and sometimes self-love is a kick up the arse for yourself as well and i'd 100% agree with that like sometimes yeah. self-love isn't about isn't about allowing yourself to be a lazy bastard yeah. when you don't when you know you're just it's it's about caring enough about your body to understand when you need to get it to move and when you just need to take a day for yourself yeah absolutely um and i think that's been really confused and I think, yeah, like my whole point the other day was, you know, self-love has just become synonymous with like the chill day and like the pajamas and watching friends and eating chocolate. And sometimes that is absolutely what you need. But um, like there was a day last week, I remember, where I just felt rubbish and I felt really, really just kind of, it wasn't even physically tired and, and I didn't need to rest. I just was not in the right, right mindset. And on days like that, I think for me, I was like, I just needed to get outside and get it done. And went and you know did a horrific workout outside and it was great and I felt so much better for it but then other days like yesterday I was physically exhausted and just could not kind of fathom the energy of the strength to do a workout so it was like okay we'll make today a rest day awesome and that's it yeah adjust um, it just move the yeah. move the plan forward a bit some of my clients are always stressed to begin with they're like oh I missed a day and I'm like right just look at your week when have you got a next yeah. day exactly. knock it forward it's not like this isn't the day that you have to do bench like it can be done tomorrow yeah, and I think it's really important. I think you should be coaching your clients to also be comfortable enough to make those decisions for themselves. So, and it's lovely to see, like, I honestly, I love it now when I get a message from clients being like, well, I was supposed to do this today, but I've just been feeling really down or really, uh, you know, really tired today. So I'm just going to push it to tomorrow. Is that okay? And I'm like, of course, it's fine. Um, and then no, you also get the messages sometimes where it's like, I felt rubbish all day, but then I came home and I just got the workout done and it felt so much better. And it's just watching them have that, they're like be able to make those decisions for themselves where once you probably had to kind of coach them through that decision. So that's really nice. There's progress happens in so many ways, but to see progress in that sense of, you know, they, they can listen to their body, they know what's best for their body. Um, that's just so, so good to see. No, yeah. oh, I agree. I think, I think that's a big, I think that's a big one. Um, across yeah. the board for a lot a lot of people listening is to understand I think you need to understand your your def your um your needs at the time relative to your goal. And I I think a lot of people sometimes and I say this to clients, I don't necessarily always start people off on if they come to me for fat loss, don't necessarily start them off on 
a diet, I don't say, right, here's your calories. We kind of look at like, their previous dieting history, how what they've done, what's worked, what hasn't. And I actually, I have, um, I think it's, I think it's about 50 questions that I get them to answer before they, before they go on any kind of diet or any kind of journey. And I say, you have to understand why this is important to you. And you have to understand what this means to you so that you don't set yourself up for failure. And I always say this to clients that this was, this was me. Like even just last year, I was doing um, for about nine months, I was doing some like pretty serious bodybuilding training. Like, um, well, like I was intensely gaining weight, you know, was training and was pushing myself. And it got to a point where I just couldn't do it anymore. I was just, fuck it, I was just bored of it. And I kind of, it took me time to realize that whilst some um, bodybuilding training and massing might be necessary for my overall goals, I actually prefer being or feeling strong than necessarily doing a really like a burnout set. Like, because I was just skipping, I was just skipping parts of the workout. I was like, bicep curls and tricep push downs, no thanks. I like, whereas when it was like bench, I was like, yeah, I'll do an extra set of bench. Like, and, and I'm shit at bench pressing. I have these long giraffe arms. I know giraffes don't have long arms, but imagine the neck of a giraffe. And if for those listening to you, I just stretch my hands out. Yeah, I, I, I still love it and I get a lot out of it. And I think a lot of people do things they think they should rather than what they enjoy. And they, and, and they think, oh, I like with same back with like classes or with a specific style of training, they're like, oh, I got to do this program because this, you know, influencer says that, this coach says that. And it's like, do you though? Like, is that really what you need? How, one thing I want to ask this last thing before we do some quick fire questions. How do you coach clients to find their, their, their true why? Because you know, people come to you and they say, I want to drop body fat. I want to lose this. They grab their belly and they say, I want to lose the pouch. And you're like, okay. And you say, right, well, why? And they're like, because I'm overweight. And you let me, but why? And then they're like, well, I don't know. Fuck. Yeah. How do you, how do you coach your clients to find what they really want? And how does that help results? So I think um, this is probably one of the hardest things being a PT and I think it's something which I've even still not perfected you know and I think it takes a long time to do it because it you know I think it's really important the first time you you know the first consultation you have with the client you know the big question is like what are your goals if they're completely or you're completely brand new to them they don't trust you 100% yet so to dig deep enough to get that information can be quite uncomfortable and for the very first time you meet so I think sometimes I've kind of taken I've dug as deep as I can without, you know, without making anyone feel uncomfortable and then taking what we've got. So if we've dug down to maybe like the second layer of, you know, I want to lose weight, why? Um, I've just always been a little bit bigger than I want to be and I just like to lose it. If that's as deep as we can go before the, the kind of the wall comes up, I'll like take that for now because I don't want to make someone feel uncomfortable on the very first time you meet them. And sometimes what happens, I think, is as we go and as they sort of start to open up and start to trust you a bit more, the real why comes out and you figure out that oh they were bullied at school and that's why they've always wanted to lose weight or you know maybe their weight stops them from or you know the other way around maybe someone's uh, quite kind of quite small and they've never been that strong and that means that they can't 
you know, they struggle carrying the shopping home and that makes them feel, that makes them feel kind of not great, for example. Um, so sometimes I think the why can come out further down the line and sometimes it comes out at really random times. Um, and I think as the coach, you get that kind of little light bulb, like, there we go, now we know why we're doing this. Um, and I think it's something which I think I'm still working on and will probably always be working on is how to, how to get that out of a, of a client, especially if it's someone who's brand new. Um, but I think as soon as that does click and as soon as it clicks for them, um, I think their training just makes more sense and it doesn't become any more about this. I have this chat with a lot, <laughs> a lot of my clients about, you know, they're like, oh, I'm going to work out today, but I'm just not really feeling very motivated. And I'm like, well, welcome to the club because you're not going to be motivated. You know, you're going to be motivated for maybe like 10%, 20% of your workouts. The rest have got to be done through habit and just consistency. consistency. Yeah. Exactly. And that's for me, like my why, I don't really know. I mean, I'm sure I want to get stronger. I always want to get fitter. Um, but they're not really, that's not really what it's about. I think now, because I am strong and I am fit. Um, I think now it's more... I don't want to ever go back to being how I used to be and not being strong. So the less comfortable, so you kind of have to ask yourself, what's more uncomfortable for you to be where you are right now or to start to go backwards or to just push through and do an hour and like do an hour of exercise a day and be a little bit closer to being where you want to be. Um, and more often than not, I think just pushing through and doing the exercise is going to be the better option. Right. Um, so yeah, I think, if you know, and that's why I said, like, I don't really know what my why is anymore. I think it is just, you know, just staying as I am and not going back to how I was. Um, and if you can, if you can get a client to understand that about themselves, then it will not become about like, oh, and uh, you know, I've, I've not been to the gym for a week because I just didn't have any motivation. They'll be like, I didn't have any motivation, but I went because, you know, this is what I do. You know, I'm a person that goes to the gym and that's what I do, right? It's about that, that self-image. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, it's for, for me, with clients, I talk a lot, and I talk a lot about this on my Instagram as well, about the psychology of the self-image and how, how goals are based around how deeply rooted they are in your psychology and that reflects your motivation. And that often makes people think a little bit more about what their actual goals are and, and starts to become about feelings rather than rather than results the result comes as a byproduct of what they're what they're that feeling they're chasing so I speak to clients and they say right here's here's my goal it's it's, it's fat loss and I'm like right what does that look like for you and they're like oh I don't know an exact numbers and I say right okay what does it feel like at the end and then they're like what do you mean and I'm like well if I was to snap my fingers and we gave you visible or at least leaner abdominal muscles, more development, the shoulders, arms, glutes, legs, where you've asked for it, what does that mean to you? And then they start to talk about how it feels to, to see that person, what, that, what they could imagine, what that feels like. And then that gives them a more concrete goal to chase rather than focusing especially you know especially on the scales because i have a lot of clients that like struggle with scale weight and some of them depend on the person i say you know it's up to you but if we can remove ourselves from it it will be a powerful tool but we don't need to use it and some of them do and some of them don't and i say well 
this is maybe a, a, a situation that's outside of our scope of practice right now. Maybe that's something further down the line you maybe need to speak to somebody about. But as long as you're seeing results in some form, that's what matters. But yeah, I, I, I coach people to think about how it's going to change them as a, as a person, how they view themselves rather than, you know, okay, six, six kilos of body fat later because that, that's not a very, it's not a tangible goal. It's just, yeah. a, it's just a number. And, you know, I always, I always say that to clients, I'm like, scale weight's decent to use, but if I chop a leg off, you're going to lose weight. And there's so many fluctuations, especially for females. Um, the, you know, I've had some clients that they've went from like quite lean, uh, visible muscle, and then when the their PMS hits, they bloat, and it's about 10 pounds of water weight. And, and I said to them, but if you didn't know that that was the reason, you would freak out. It's about, it's about being able to separate that. And I think how you feel ultimately is going to be more important than what you look like. 100%. There's um, one of my lovely clients. Uh, she has been with me for six months. And she sent me a message yesterday just with some progress pictures. And, um, and she looks amazing. And she's not, like, not changed so much. And, you know, she's not dropped a ton of weight. She's just, her body composition has changed. She's leaner. She's got more muscle mass. Um, and she looks so strong she looks fantastic and i was chatting to her about it yesterday and she was like the crazy thing is she was like well between those pictures and six months she was like i've lost it's like three quarters of a pound so it's less than a pound that's changed in the scale and she was saying if she'd if she still had the same mindset that she'd had years before you know it's all about the scale weight she would have you know probably patched it like three months in because all oh, well, the weight the scales aren't going down so i'm obviously doing something wrong and i just stop there because she obviously had some coaching alongside that to teach her that the scale weight really isn't the best kind of um, like number to go by. She's had this amazing progress because she's just trusted it and um, trusted the process, worked hard, and she looks completely different, but the scales wouldn't show you any of that. Right. And that happens so much. A lot of people, coaches especially, talk about trusting the process as well. Now, obviously, there's there's something to be said for consistency and adherence, but you know, for some people, their their focus is in the wrong areas. You know, they're very consistent with going to classes, but everything else is kind of out the window. But what do you, for you, for a successful client journey, what do you think are the things people should be focusing on when it comes to trusting the process? Like, what things do you think they should be? investing in does that make sense like what things should they look at when they're trusting the process so nutritionally you know psychologically activity wise um i think so trusting the process um i think it's really important to go by so get rid of like the traditional thing of you know how much do i weigh and how much weight have i lost and what's going on with the scale weight and instead you know go by do my clothes feel different and do i look different and when I compare a picture from four weeks ago to today what changes can I see um am I performing better you know like are push-ups getting easier or squats getting easier um is my you know one hour walk a day starting to feel like less of a struggle and more of something I can enjoy because it's just feels quite easy now um all those kind of things and nutrition wise you know am I able to enjoy a bowl of ice cream without feeling like I've just killed someone <laughs> you know like having that guilt of I've eaten this awful thing and now, now I'm a horrible person and because I've eaten this I might as well go and eat a pizza as well now because the whole thing's ruined 
Um, so when you can get to a healthier relationship with your food as well, where your, your food is balanced and you're getting everything you need and proteins and fats and carbs, um, you can also enjoy something else, you know, some alcohol or chocolate, whatever it is, um, and not let that be like, like spiral you off, um, like spiral you off of your kind of plan and, and what you're, and I don't, I don't mean meal plan, I just mean off the kind of plan that you're on. Yeah, um, I think a lot of people when they hear, when they hear this, they, they struggle to differentiate between what's the difference between a meal plan and a plan. And it's like, well, there's, there's plans in place. It's just that, that there's always going to be some form of plan or non-negotiable that you have to hit. You know, for me, I posted on Instagram, mine's is like, I got trained four times this week and I got to go a run uh, twice, which I like patched this morning to have an extra hour in bed between clients. Um, but it's fine because I've got like, because I've got the rest of the week, it's only Wednesday and like that, like see for some people that throws them off and I'm just like, you know, yeah. like structure's great and you know, training Monday, Wednesday, Friday's awesome to begin with. But when you start to be more consistent with things like that, it's really just right, you've got a week, you kind of need to get these things in and eventually a lot of my clients that's where they get to where they're like yeah i kind of like i got myself you know a takeaway and i had a bottle of wine on friday but that was cool because monday to thursday i pretty much nailed it i minimized my stacking i had carbs around my training but if i didn't feel like them i didn't have them so it's about having that balance and what you said as well i think it's very illuminating that it's more about focusing as you said on habits and behaviors and i always say this to clients that eventually the the general goal i would say is to become someone who performs health seeking behaviors and that's how they know they're healthier because obviously the again the study study came out about vegans being uh healthier and it's like that's because they chose healthier options it's not necessarily that the diet's better it's because they chose to exercise and train and sleep and they avoided yeah. like overconsumption of like alcohol and um like drugs and things like that and they there's a there's a there's a big focus on the whole of it rather yeah. than and it's what they say it is a lifestyle change it's not that you're it's not that you're gonna do this diet and then you go back to your ways it's like you're changing behaviors and you're changing mm. patterns slowly but surely until you are a different person and then that links back into how do you view yourself Well, you viewed yourself as someone who wasn't confident wasn't strong didn't have a great relationship with food, with the gym, and now you're someone who actively seeks out their health. And that's obviously yeah. many different forms. And that's why that's why now I don't shit on people as much if they just want to go running because I'm like, well, you know, that's that's your bag. Like personally that's not me. But if mm -hmm. that help if, if if running one of my clients, she's like, I will if I go run every day and it doesn't have five minutes could be fifty minutes that helps me stay on track with my nutrition. And I'm like, cool, pair those two together, that's perfect. And then she texted me the other day saying, oh, you know, I had a day where I didn't go running. So I did have, I did overindulge, but today I'm just right back on it. And it's, it's about, it is just about changing those behaviors so that you're, you're less all or nothing, which I think people struggle with. Like mm -hmm. people, they're either, they're either on the diet or they're off the diet. And it's like, it's just food. Exactly. I know. And it's like, it's about training people. You know, this is not just like an eight week thing that we're doing it's like this is yeah changing habits and behaviors for life so that you don't it doesn't have to be this hard all the time and you know I eat like one of my clients asked me the other day she was like how are you getting on are you like are you finding it hard to stay away from snacking and are you doing this and I was like well no I was like but that's because this is just like 
my lifestyle now. Like I, if I, you know, it was my birthday on Saturday. I've had so much cake since Saturday, and I feel okay. awful. And it'll stop. Like as of today, it's like it's stopping. Like there's no more cake, and there's no more anything because I just it's been too. Like I've been doing this for too long now that a couple of days eating food that's not like nutritious, I just feel really really bad, and I just feel like no energy and tired and lumpy. Um, so and that's just and that's because it's become a lifestyle rather than oh no I eat really well for twelve weeks and then I stop you know yeah plus it's cool like you know you want to have cake for a couple of days that's not gonna like I think people I think people feel like the small instances of them you know having that bit of cake is gonna derail them and it's like no it's not the cake that derails you it's like everything around it that you decide since you fucked it you fucked everything else. Yes. Like, nah, like when was my like my birthday. We're both May babies, by the way. Both Tori. Are you? Are you? A, you're a Taurus as well, yeah. I'm a Taurus. Yeah. Both Tor, Tor, two Tauruses on a podcast. It'll be great. Um, we like I I just had the cake and then I was like when I started to get sick of it, like I just I just threw the rest of it away because I was like I don't want this and there's nobody else yeah. to eat it. And it's not. But I I come across people are like oh you can't waste food and I'm like, I mean it's not like you're wasting it. You just don't want it. That's cool. Yeah. No, uh, Bonnie, I want to ask a couple quick fire questions before we finish up. Is that cool with you? Of course. So, what I would like to know is we'll break this down into a couple of different categories or a couple of different subsections. So, we want to know the mistakes that you think most people make when they start going to the gym. And we want to look at that. What's the mistakes they make with their nutrition? What's the mistakes they make with their training? And maybe what's the mistakes they make with their psychology? And they're all kind of linked, but yeah, let's go tra- nutrition, training, psychology. So I say nutrition, I think you kind of already said it, like the all or nothing approach of, you know, if you've eaten really well Monday to Wednesday and then comes Thursday and you have a chocolate bar, oh my God, it's ruined. I'm, like I might as well just eat the full packet of donuts and then go home and order a takeaway. That's the biggest thing. And it's about learning that the whole like 80, 20 approach of like, you know, be good 80% of the time and have a treat like 20% of the time like you just kind of have to apply that to your whole life and be like you know whether that means in a day you have like 80 percent of good food and then a little snack at one point or throughout the whole week you have like five or six days of really like healthy nutritious eating and then it comes to sunday and then you get your takeaway or wherever it is um just keeping that little little balance um i think with training biggest mistake would be um hmm. doing 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 body weight uh, kickbacks I mean, yeah, perhaps. <laughs> oh God. Had yeah, to get um, had to hit the Instagram influencer workouts at some point in this podcast. We had to, know, we had to get them in. Um, I think maybe. Tr- I like. I don't even know. I'm trying to think what I did. That I would say my mistake was. My mistake was that I didn't get help when I probably should have got help. Um, but I think most people maybe just try and do too much. I think that's the biggest issue I see. Um you know, they see people on Instagram who are, you know, years ahead of them in terms of their kind of fitness journey and are like, oh, well, if they're doing, you know, all of that, then I should be doing it too. And or pay box I, jumps into yeah. press-ups. It's like, you can't do any of them separately. So, but you think it's a good idea to do them together? Exactly. So I think like, yeah, trying to complicate things, trying to complicate things, that's it actually. Just sometimes all you need is three sets of 10 squats and you know a couple of other really really kind of simple exercises but really well performed and that'll be far more beneficial to you than you know doing 
a, a spin class back to back with circuits and then go and do we, a wee ab workout after that, you know. So definitely overtraining, I would say. And then in psychology, um, I think comparing yourself too much to other people uh, and looking at someone else and being like, oh, well, they're, you know, look how much better they are than me. And again, it's the whole thing of like, they are years ahead of you in terms of how long they've been training and their kind of skill set and their endurance and everything like that. So, and if they're an influencer, they're probably on drugs. Yeah, and that, and that, you know, and um, I always try and tell my clients, like, look back to six months ago or a year ago and look how far you've come. You would be that person to the old you. You know, the, the you from six months ago would look at you now and be like, oh my God, look at all the stuff that they can do and I wish I could do that. So just like, just chill, like you're making progress and um, yeah, stop comparing yourself to other people. Awesome, bon, bon. Bonnie, where can the good people find you if they want to see more of your content or interact with you? Where's the best place to reach you? The good people can find me. Um, my personal page is uh, on Instagram is Bonnie underscore B fit. Um, and I'm never going to change it. Bonnie with an IE. And then uh, my business page is at Peak to Peak Fitness. Awesome. Right, Bonnie, thank you so much for joining us. Everyone, thank you for watching slash listening to us this morning for us, for this evening for you, whenever in this COVID-19 landscape you're listening to this. If you're listening to this six months from now, hopefully we're out of the COVID-19 pandemic. If we're not, okay, well, I guess the future is looking pretty bleak, but thank you so much for taking the time. Um, Really, please do go check out Bonnie's content because it is fabulous and she is one of the best trainers around that I think and I really enjoy her approach to coaching folk. And thank you so much for listening.